What is happening now? That is the question. We are here yet again to uh, ask and or answer. We'll see how it goes. James O'Malley, you're back. Hiya, I'm back. Still here. There was there's no follow up. Just factually, no. yes, I am here. Yes, I'm, I'm present. Returned. Present. Okay, this is a register now. Listener, are you here? I like to think that you said yes. Also here, Richard Wheatley. Hello, hello. I said Richard Wheatley. Like, everyone knows you, Richard. Let's hope everybody does because I give you no explanation there. Just, just you know, Richard. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, hopefully people will have been to, I don't know, listen to my own radio show or actually, no, no, uh, no scratch that. You, you panicked there, didn't you? You went, oh, hopefully yeah. the fans have tuned in. And hopefully then, the fans uh, have tuned in. You know, my Edinburgh Fringe show is all, you know, there. You know, I, don't know. I, I No one's heard of me. It's fine. No it's, one has heard of me. You should not have heard of me. If you have, then hi. Hi again. Hi again. Nice to know my family are listening. Richard, it is a genuine pleasure to have you here. You, I'm going to make an accusation here. You are both a journalist and a comedian. And also, I, I, would, I would go as far as saying a lovely fit for what's happening now because this is very much your bag. Oh yes, absolutely yes. Uh, don't, I, don't we sound too confident there? Richard. No, that's don't. fine. I know I, I do I do a lot of uh, stuff to do with sort of topical topical humour or fun fun news of the week. I uh, run a show on community radio, uh, Riverside Radio, in Southwest London. Uh, my show is called the Friday Week. It's on seven o'clock in the evenings, and it is a light-hearted topical quiz about the news of the week, all the fun news of the week, the bits that don't necessarily get into the headlines because they're too positive. Uh, is, is it any good, Richard, to be honest? Uh, it varies. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Uh, I was wondering which way you are going to go with that, but that, that, was, that was disarmingly honest, and I appreciate that. And you've joined us this week, Richard. Uh, I mean, every week's a big week, right? But mm. right between the two towers, the conference one of Tory parties and then the next one coming up. This is going out on Sunday. So as you listen to this, you may be on your way to Labour Party conference. You may be hiding from Labour Party conference, but... That's coming as well. James, this is dominating the new cycle this week of, of mm. what the Tories have been up to and, and now what Labour's up to next. Yeah, it's this is it. Every every year, conference season, everyone decamps to go to the, uh, the regions, have a big conference. Uh, the Tories were in Manchester, Labour in Liverpool. But basically, it's all the people from London going up to just have a meeting in a slightly different place. Um, but ostensibly, they're, they're there to uh, talk policy and things. I mean, the Tories is more like a rally where they just sort of cheer a bit. And this, and this year had a bit of a scrap. <laughs> we, we, um, we can go into this <laughs> of how much cheering and scrapping there was because, yeah, it's, it feels like a, a window into the psyche of many people involved in politics, doesn't it? Mm. Um, and just to, a quick further recap, because we didn't give it enough attention. What was your highlight of Lib Dem conference, gentlemen? There was a Lib Dem conference. There was a Lib Dem conference. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't following that part of the uh, light-hearted, <laughs> quirky news of the week that there was a Lib Dem conference. Yeah. I have actually got a highlight. I've just remembered one. Have you, have you actually got so, uh, so the really interesting thing from the Lib Dem conference was there was a big old fight about housing policy. Yeah. So the Lib Dems, when they, but they, they campaign, whenever wherever, you know, there's a by-election or something, Lib Dems will descend on that and go, our, ta- our strategy... Tell everyone we don't want to build any houses. The trouble is, lots of people want to build houses. I'm one of them. I'm a, I'm a pro-housing ideologue. You've got and an the, urge to build exactly. houses. And the young liberals at the conference, they all kicked off and organised a big old vote because the Lib Dems, unlike Labour and the Tories, actually decide actual manifesto policy at the conference. So all the young liberals, they organised, out-organised uh, the, um, the old the old fogies there, basically, and got the um, housing targets included in, in, in the Lib Dems' uh, policy. So agenda. this was specifically about... The target wasn't it? It wasn't. Mm. It wasn't like the leader said we don't want to build houses, and the younger people went, "Oh wait, we should really do that." It was about using the target as a metric. 
Yeah, and I think the young, the, the young people's arguments, and obviously I agree with them because I'm very young and You're cool so and hit, young. Um, was basically you need a target, otherwise nothing's going to happen. And uh, the, the trouble is for the uh, Lib Dem leadership, they're thinking, we want to win in the blue war. We want to persuade all these posho Tories who don't like houses, <laughs> don't houses, uh, houses to come shop. and vote for us. And they, they're worried that if there's a hint that they might actually try and build some houses and there's a number they can put on it, it might scare some people off. So it's, it's a real big, it was a genuinely interesting battle. That is wild that it's a potential vote winner to not admit that you want to build houses. <laughs> That's where we've got to. <laughs> <laughs> um, gents, I'll play you my favourite clip of Lib Dem conference that I happened to stumble across. Now, the C word has been spoken in hushed tones uh, throughout this conference so far. Can't believe I said that on air. Uh, coalition with the Conservatives in 2010. <laughs> so I love that. That was Sophie Ridge on Sky uh, immediately panicking about her choice of joke. Um, and yeah, they were talking about coalitions and, and conference and all these things. And fair play <laughs> to Sophie Ridge for, for recognising connotations and panicking and not going through with that joke. Richard, have you ever told a joke like that on stage and gone, oh no, this has not gone the way I wanted? Absolutely. I often tell stories from my own life and sometimes I've told a story and then just sort of turned to the audience or look, you know, looked into the audience and gone, you know what? I wasn't expecting to tell that story. I think I've opened up a little bit more than I was expecting <laughs> to. Uh, you now know more about me than some of my friends. That 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 same expression is on Sophie Ridge's yeah. face. She she delivered it with confidence, and you could see the confidence seeping out of her eyes with every word that was said. I'm like, oh no, I maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. Uh, and then we moved on quickly mm. to Tory conference. We will give the country what it so sorely needs, and yet too often has been denied: a government prepared to make long-term decisions so that we can build a brighter future for everyone. Be in no doubt, it is time for a change, and we are it. Thank you. Now, our big plan last week, James. Mm. Now, Richard, bear with us on this. It's yep. Take some explaining. Tory party conference was happening in Manchester, so we decided to visit a nearby marginal constituency, the High Peak constituency, and specifically the village of New Mills. We went to meet voters. We went to meet the people there. There's a, a, a Conservative MP called Robert Largan who's got a tiny, tiny majority there. Uh, James, we thought it would be a good constituency mm. because it's so slim, right? It, yeah, it's, 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 it's sort of a perfect bellwether uh, for the rest of the country. I think in most of the recent elections for the past you know, 40 years or something like that, it's basically however New Mills is voted, where New Mills goes... Britain follows, uh, apart from in 2017 when it voted for Jeremy Corbyn. Apart from that. Um, but other than that, it seems like a quite, quite a good bellwether. So whoever's doing well in New Mills is doing well in the rest of the country. So the New Mills is a little village that falls between Glossop, uh, Buxton. There's a couple, of, a couple of areas around there, just out of Manchester, technically in Derbyshire, I believe. But an interesting guide. So we liked it because, went through it quietly, the rumour was that they had quite a good Conservative MP. And we wanted to find out that if the danger that might be coming down the tracks for them would affect him. I don't think anything will be coming down the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very point. good. Oh. I can't believe I set that one up for you. Um, I started off by asking the residents of New Mills a very simple question. What's the biggest problem in the world? Uh, the wars, I think, yeah. Wars? Not wars. And, and that includes um, Ukraine. Well, war. Um, well, there's a lot of... <laughs> Climate change is horrific and uh, utter injustice. Cost of living. Cost of living. Uh, prices are going through the roof. So consequently, the benefits are not going up with the rate of inflation. Yeah. Is Ukraine? Yeah. If that, that's if, a worry for everybody. If that's a big worry, because if they, if the Russians take over Ukraine, 
Where next? The world's never been smaller thanks to social media. But what it also does is it creates echo chambers, um, your modern sort of like cults that you find online now that rather than, you know, like wherever they used to be. So the verdict of most of the new mills, the biggest problem in the world were war, war, wars and mm. Ukraine. Uh, a couple of mentions of climate change we found on the streets and one gentleman there finding polarisation in social media. Uh, so, boys, how do we how do we find that? And do we think all of those were tackled successfully at Tory conference this week? I thought that was really interesting because that does capture what people would instinctively say. Though, what I thought was interesting was that the their responses do differ from what is generally considered to be the most sort of important issues at election time. Because don't get me wrong, war very important. What's going on in Ukraine hugely important. But when it comes to elections. 99% of the time, if you ask any sort of political expert, any campaign expert, they'll be saying, they'll be saying you need to be talking about schools or you need to be talking about healthcare or the NHS um, or social care, and those are the issues that make people vote. What do you think are the biggest issues locally? No lantern procession this year, that's the big thing. It's such a shame. It's not the biggest problem, but it's, it's something that everyone loves and it really brings new mills together and it's not on this year and it's such a shame. Cost of living. More yeah. than anything, everything's going up and wages aren't really rising that much. So obviously this is impacting on businesses as well because where people are more likely to stay home. I think the economic situation has meant that we've lost a lot of shop fronts. The empty shops on the street is a bit disheartening and, sure. y- and you can see the streets are like, you know, disrepair. Yeah, but they've got money really, isn't it? It's a nice area, so there's... No, it's got a good community spirit and stuff, and there's a lot going on. But yeah, basically, money, really. Yeah. Money issues, yeah. There's a lot of issues, but I think mostly people are thinking, not selfishly, but about themselves, how they're going to manage and how they're, you know, they're going to bring up the children. There is one thing as well that I'll say, and it's happening all over the country, and it sounds a daft one, public toilets. Yes, oh, that's one thing. We like to go out walking a lot, and our friends... You find a loo when you need it. You've got to hope it's a cost that will let you go in. Why do they not invest in that for a start? People would come here and have a walk more. So local issues were talked about. And, and like you say, there are the things that don't necessarily feature in the big election campaign and the big promises. Public toilets don't mm. win votes. It's what people care about. Yeah, I think it all adds up to this sort of feeling and, you, you know, you get the sense of everything just being a bit knackered. Uh, I think certainly in terms of the public realm, you know, you walk down the high street, you see the borders of shops, you see the, the lack of public services and, and the various cuts that we've lived through over the past uh, 13 years, even if they were implemented with the sort of best of intentions. It's clearly biting now and people are feeling it. There's the cost of living crisis and all this sort of feeds into this sort of, I guess, malaise, which I think is probably the Tories' biggest problem and ho- and probably something that's going to be their, their biggest challenge going into the next election, going and saying, hey, vote for us again because look how great things are now. But then one of the interesting things is th- that it's actually going to play into the hands of uh, Labour and Conservative uh, the, the the timing of the election. It has to happen before January 2025, mm. but they the, the theory is that it's likely to be moved forward to the summer to coincide with local elections. And during a local elections, you do tend to find that uh, if, if co- local election and uh, main elections, general elections, coincide, local elections tend to swing heavily towards... Labour and Conservative. So uh, it's actually going to be quite a problem for parties like the Green and the Lib Dem uh, and those sort of small, smaller parties who do well on local levels uh, because people will be thinking more about 
world politics and large politics at election time than they normally do during local election season. Are you both excited for the general election? Where are we at in this studio? Looking, <laughs> I'm for always excited. I I always do an all nighter. I've done. Wait, is this is this about specifically about elections, or are you just in a permanent uh, state of? Excitement? Oh, actually, to be fair, I I have volunteered. Uh, I've done coverage for Riverside Radio on uh, the general election 2019. Uh, I did the all nighter and. Uh, I then read the news the next morning. I was a newsreader at that point, so I read the news the next morning. So I think I did a 13-hour shift uh, overnight. Best day of your life? Oh, it was excellent. It was great fun. Um, everyone had gone home around 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was starting my shift uh, at about 5 o'clock in the morning. So I just stuck around and you know, prepared my news. But yeah, I, I Dedicated. Liked, and, yeah, and this could be you again there. next year. James, when do you oh, think the election's going to be? When do I think it's going to be? I, so I want a specific day. Uh, okay, I can give you two. I think it's either going to coincide with the locals in May, like Richard suggests, yeah. or um, it will be pushed back until sort of November sort of time. The, the rumour is they might do a spring election because, um, you know, I, this is just sort of bullshit speculation from yeah. from people who talk to political journalists. You know, they were saying that, well, if the small boats gets really bad next summer because just, you know, just it always gets bad in the summer because that's when the weather is best. That, yeah. could, look, that could reflect really badly on the Tories over the summer, so you don't want to do an, an autumn election because uh, everyone will have that fresh in the mind. We, we had a discussion in summer, didn't we? that um, how busy it gets, how the coverage gets in August of mm. the small boats and crossings. Every year, for the last few years, August is here, so are the boats. The mm. weather's good, But that's partly because it, it used to be silly season around August because there's nothing else to focus on. And there's nothing else to talk about. Now right. it's crisis season. And now it's crisis season. <laughs> Isn't every season they, 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 crisis season they in this a, country? They pick, a season, they pick a crisis and focus on it. Um, I mean, you know, uh, in, a, in France, they've got a different crisis, which is uh, that every year around August to September time, uh, they have bed bugs. That's, they can keep the bed. That's the crisis the French can have. We'll stick to every other crisis under the sun. Can I, okay, let me give you this again. There's, so the speculation for a November election. And I yeah. think it's a really interesting thing that could happen next year that not many people seem to be thinking about, right? So just imagine uh, they call an election for, say, November the 7th. I'm imagining Thursday, it. The November the 7th next year. I'm picturing what it. What else is happening in November next year? We could end up in a situation where on the the, uh, the first full week in November next year, this could genuinely happen, the Tuesday, America has its election, oh. and it's Biden versus Trump. America starts counting. Thursday, we have our election. Thursday night, Keir Starmer wins a huge majority. Possibly. And everyone, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of people, I dare say myself included, would be rather happy with that outcome. Yeah. And then, you know, the 8th or the 9th, Friday the 8th, Saturday the 9th of November, America finally figures out who's won their election, and it could be Trump again. And that, so that could be all in, the, all in one week. You're we could get a new prime minister. Beside yourself. And, and uh, the, horror, <laughs> the horror of Trump returning. Oh. Or it could be, th there was a poll this week, I think Hugo did it, mm. of what would be your preferred combination. Would it be Trump and, Trump and Sunak, Trump and, you know, if it, uh, it was to Labour and Conservative voters, would it be Trump wins, but you get Starmer? Or mm. if the Tories won here, but you got Biden, like... What would it be? Is this one of those things like, would you rather take on a duck-sized horse or a, or a hundred <laughs> horse-sized ducks? It's exactly the same uh, ex in every way. Um, yeah, and, and people were asked ask that combination, and I think they gave the, the same response they would do in that duck and horse scenario. I went onto the streets to ask people if they know where they're voting next year or if they'd even heard of their current MP, Robert Largan. Other than what I've just seen in the papers about him, like becoming the MP, um, I don't really know much else about him, I'm afraid. A lovely smile. A lovely smile. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I, I do know that he, he support he gets involved in local things uh, a lot and uh, he offers a lot of support. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't vote for his party, but I do know that he has um, you know, s supported things that, that help the community. Do you know-ish where your vote might go next time? Have you made up your mind? Honestly, I really don't know because I think they're all pretty much as bad as each other. Yeah. So I'd have to see what, what would be said. I'm not a clue, no. no. I've not got a clue. Not a clue? No. Not no a clue. idea. No, no, not decided yet. Have you, Dad? No. No, no, no idea yet. But don't forget the, what, how people vote is not so much how good the local MP is, which it should be, but how well the government's doing. And I would say that the country's in a bit of a mess, and I don't know that there's any one political persuasion has got the answers to what a mess we're in. To be fair, we've been Conservative always, only because we've agreed with what they were saying at the time. We're not like well, I'd be voting Conservative no matter what. I wouldn't do that. And if Labour came across and said, we, we will definitely do this, 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 this and this, I would say, well, look, I'm going to give them a chance. But at the moment, I don't think I'd vote for either unless they could come. I mean, look at Conservatives now, Boris. It was, it was like going to be amazing, wasn't it? Everything was going to be wonderful. And it isn't wonderful. I just think the Conservatives at the moment have just like a sinking ship, aren't they? So it doesn't matter if you're on one side or the other. I just think the Conservatives have copped up a bit. If he was a good MP, yeah. as part of a sinking ship, would you ever be tempted to vote for him? Yes, of course I would. Yeah, definitely. But they've got to um, do what they promise. And, and, and I think a lot of people have been let down by that. The Conservative Party conferences this week, is there anything that they could say that would really tempt you and make you listen to them? No, not really. Not really. They've had enough chances, haven't they? I think that's about it now. So I think it was give somebody else a chance. So on the streets of New Mills, there was actually a lot of undecided voters. There was a lot of people going, mm. I have voted Conservative before, I have voted Labour before. And this is the consequence of we've had a few years of quite a lot of elections. I think something's really striking about Britain compared to America, um, because in America it's very polarised where people are either Democrats or Republicans, and there's only a very small pool of voters in the middle who are like decide, you know, persuadable voters. Here in Britain, we change our, um, you know, we, we vote very differently, very quickly. In 2019, Boris Johnson won this enormous majority, um, and now this time round in 2024, it looks like Keir Starmer is going to win big. That's a lot of people changing their minds, and so I don't think it's surprising that we've got lots of people who are currently undecided because people are, are sort of genuinely weighing the options and that could genuinely happen. It's quite, I mean, it's quite the health of our democracy that is happening. I think it's very easy. To, I, I think people will change their minds up right up to election time. I think it's very risky, from my experience, uh, to predict elections based on polls. I think we've seen that you know polls outside of election time are very different to exit polls. Um, I've just quickly been doing some calculations in my head. I think that I have bit, I have voted in three general elections uh, since turning 18, well, obviously, um, and they were all within the space of basically two years. Yeah, it's kept so it, it's kind of, oh, no, four years, sorry. So it was all before I was 25, I think. It was 20, no, and, and that kind of exposure to democracy was what gave you that all-night... Well, exactly. It was, it was super exciting, but yeah, it, yeah. So I, it became a sort of regular event that I was really looking forward to. Um, but then I've, I'm kind of getting the jitters because I've, I've not had one for five years. <laughs> Don't worry, the, the the hit is coming. 
Now, there are going to be some things that decide votes either way. And uh, one thing came up this week, dominated Tory conference. The conversation around HSP. Uh, I don't honestly know what difference it will make to Manchester. Some people say it would make a huge difference. And if it increases the capacity, then that's good. But um, I don't know enough about it. But we need to use the railways more. They should, like they said, they should have started it from the north. And at least we've had a bit more infrastructure up here, rather than down there. And then get that far, then they've got enough down there anyway. I don't think they should let the people down about the, the train stopping at Birmingham and saying we're not going to do I, I really think that is such a smack in the face for us up north. They promised us this and they get in there a bit and then if this I mean if they come to Manchester which they do for the conference and then they stand up and say you're not going to have the train they're very brave that's all I can say. <laughs> so it turns out Rishi Sunak is very brave. Uh, <laughs> we have seen since we recorded that 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 is indeed what happened the Conservatives went to Manchester travelled to Manchester to for a few days, determinedly avoid answering any questions about travel to Manchester, and then said, yeah, sorry, no train. What I quite like is that uh, they've done a U-turn on HS2, meaning you can you can now, make, at record speeds, travel from London to London. <laughs> <laughs> just in a U-bend, just straight round the cir- circle. The, the reason it became an issue was two things. Number one is the cost of HS2. It has, <laughs> it has got... Uh, really bad. It was. It's got up to a hundred billion pounds is now the estimate. It was originally going to be thirty-two billion pounds, but then all sort of major infrastructure projects do that. Um, what would you do with a hundred billion pounds? I would build HS2. You would build I'm, HS2. I'm an HS2 yeah. ultra because this is the thing, right? So Richie came. Uh, Richie did. To be fair, he handled the the announcement he had to make, or he thought he he felt he had to make reasonably well, and it went down well in the room. It made me. It. it I thought it was absolutely bizarre, almost seeing uh, Rishi reel off a list of. Um, on in the speech, he was like, "We're not doing HS2, and instead we're going to build." bunch of roads and the weird thing was and, and obviously HST was never going to be perfect you can't do something big that affects the whole country and make it absolutely perfect for everyone in all circumstances but one thing it was going to do as well was going to build a part of um, the Northern Powerhouse rail plan which was between Manchester and Manchester Airport this was going to be a big expensive tunnel uh, through Manchester cost about 15 billion quid on its own HS2 was going to share these tracks with sort of Northern Powerhouse rail and local services so I can't work out, are they still going to build that? And in which case, that's building another quite expensive part of HS2. They're not just, they're just not doing the just joining Just not doing up. the HS2 it just, part. It just seems absolutely mad to me uh, what they're doing. Like, like they don't wrong, all of these individual schemes, even some of the road schemes, and I say this as someone who doesn't like cars, seems broadly sort of sensible. But just to cut the big strategic thing in the middle just seems mad to me. My, my take on it was that it was uh, Rishi Sunak finally getting a chance to take control of the narrative in his own uh you know creates the tory party in his own image he's been sort of trying to first of all he was trying to shake off um the shadow of uh the the mini budget Uh, shadow is such a kind word of uh, putting economic collapse (laughs) well exactly and then and then we had you know huge inflation so it's been sort of you know firefighting for rishi sunak basically ever since he took office um, in fact, it's been firefighting for the Tory party ever since uh, you know, the 2019 election. And we then had panic, uh, pandemic and then everything else. So he's been firefighting ever since then. This is him trying to work out how he can get onto the front foot for the first time in his premiership. James, did he win you over? 
Not quite. No, I, I, not I, quite. I, I, I'll tell you what did shock me actually. Out of all of the out of all of the announcements, obviously the HS2 thing was was a whole other thing. I've, I'm having counselling about that. Sure, don't sure, worry. sure. We don't um, even count unravel that. But on the this. thing that surprised me was the smoking ban announcement. Yeah, that was a, a mad ban. Like it's going to be one day that you're going to have you know, 71 year olds unable to buy cigarettes and having to go to 72 year olds <laughs> to go and you know get them go to the local Hanging shop. Hanging outside of the store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To go and get them, you know their 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 sweets. Uh, you know, their, their smoke. It mm. just seems such a strange uh, well, concept for a band. Mm. Well, one day there's going to be a last smoker who finally died. It's going to be like the last Tommy from World War One dying. <laughs> where are we going to have a national ceremony to commemorate the end of smoking? It doesn't feel very Tory. That's the thing. Like it got, it got sort of. I, I think some fairly good applause in the room. And I'm thinking, if you were to try and t- t- imagine or organise a group of people who you, who you would expect to be less on board with a smoking ban, yeah, you couldn't have done much better than like. Bunch of old a, smokers. A, a, old, a bunch of old Tories. <laughs> it's like, but it's not like this is this is not going to lead to more, is it? They're not suddenly going to ban meat or mm. elect or, or petrol cars or they're not going to ban sugar, are they? Like it, it's weird. This feels like such a random. I'm going to do this and then no more. Oh, mm. I, d- I mean, well, it feels a little bit like the uh, gay marriage in you know uh, David Cameron. It wasn't a winner for his own party but it was something that he believed in and or you know ostensibly or so you know, somehow it was something which was he felt was important and he managed to push it through um where his party was fundamentally against him if you look mm, at the yeah. numbers all and the society was going that way anyway yeah sort of mm. follow a cynic it. may say <laughs> yeah exactly so sort of managing to lead uh, step into the the lead car of society slightly going against the conservative with a small c uh attitude so new mills wasn't quite enough we felt that our listeners deserved a grander concept richard now <laughs> you're new to the podcast I, like I, I need you to just go with me on this i will we went to new mills to hear voters and we thought let's make a comparison let's go to a similar place that's basically identical new york I love how high concept this is. I mean, you say high concept, James. It's mainly the concept is they've both got new in the uh, <laughs> in the in the name of the place. That was it. Uh, so I went along to the streets of New York City to ask them about the biggest issues affecting them. The biggest problems facing the world. Oh, maybe climate change. You know, that's a pretty big one. Yeah, I'd say so. Climate change. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, I would. Probably climate change. I think environment is number one. Yeah, the like, environment is one. pretty fucked. Fast fashion is pretty fucked. Um, yeah, I would say like the ocean, environment, climate change, homelessness. Climate change. Polarization, I would say. <laughs> it's polarization. Just people are, uh, you know, there's no working together to solve problems. Political problems, environmental problems. I think edu- there's a lot of problems in education, and I think there's... A huge variety of those. Starts starts with the kids, right? And yeah. 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 Would you ever visit the Peak District? Tell me more about the Peak District. It's, it's beautiful. No, where is it though? It's like it's near Manchester. It's up on the hills. Buxton, Glossop, New Mills. Yeah, I've been there. If it's just a bunch of fields, I mean, that sounds kind of cool. Like more like farmland and all that. Yeah, there's some villages. There's, there's towns like Glossop and Buxton. Okay, that sounds cool. It's a place called New Mills. New Mills. Not familiar. I don't know what that is. What is is that? 
It's a little area in northern England, like on the top of the hills. Very few people live there. I would go. Yeah? Are I you going to take it. me? I'll take you to New Mills. Okay, let's go. Get ready. Avalon takes New Mills. <laughs> 2023. So guys, what does that show you? Is that encouraging? Is our scientific study brought any new information to light for you? Well, it shows that division is division across the world, and we can be, all be united by it. Yeah, it's nice to hear Americans uh, talking about climate change. Obviously, New York, very democratic place. So yeah. you'd imagine uh, all, lots of liberals there who do care about climate change. But even so, you know, that wasn't a given thing not so long ago. So it's very nice to hear America caring. Uh, James, thank you so much for coming back. As ever, your insight is is is, is mainly transport focused, but is appreciated all the same. More train chat next week. Oh, this is this is happening. I keep trying to fight it, and it just keeps happening. So, <laughs> what's happening now with the trains? And Richard, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, tell us more about your show and what you're up to at the moment. Uh, my show is the Friday Week on Riverside Radio, uh, available on your smart speaker and. Uh, also on an app, if you are interested in that. Uh, Fridays at 7 o'clock, it's a fun, light-hearted look at the news of the week in a quiz format. We're on at WHN online on social media. James, the website is... What's happening? Uh, dot news. What's happening? Dot news. I, I remember was, that. Yeah, I was nearly just checking myself as well. Richard, thank you for being here this week. You're very welcome. It's been lovely being here. It's been lovely to have you. Thanks. See you all next week, guys. Are we doing, uh, what are we doing next week, James? I imagine we'll probably talk about Labour Conference. Labour Conference, we're going on a trip. We're yeah. actually, now, there may be an accusation of bias here. The bias is we're going to the conference that doesn't have a train strike uh, in the <laughs> middle of it, and that's doing it. So we're going to be bringing you uh, news and, uh, let's not make big promises, but let's we'll bring you something from what's happening at Labour Conference. See you next week. Curious, what do you think about the United States? Oh, pretty fucked up, huh?